good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time this recording. This is episode 137 of the Strict Zone podcast, and this is the RZB crew back at it again with another episode. Kyrie, introduce yourself to the people out here, man. Lose was good, man. Let's have a good episode, bro. Let's do it. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Johnny, introduce yourself to the people, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in again, baby. Advocate. Not an analyst? No, just an analyst, not an advocate. Let's just get that an right. An, let's get Go that it right. Way. Yes, sir. Mar, introduce yourself to the people, man. What's up, Colin? Yeah, yo, I'm not going to lie. This is going to be one of them episodes, so <laughs> I really can't wait to get started with, with this one. So I'm going to be here today. Man, boy, am I too. And Chris, introduce yourself. Came in with perfect timing, man. No, that's how I do yes, it. The man, the man, the myth and the legend is back. Oh, man. Looking like Booker T in the flesh. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> man, and I love, listen, just like Mark said, this is definitely going to be one of the episodes. I'm so excited for it. And let's just dive right into it. Strictly basketball. Also, just an FYI, Kyrie dropped the Knicks tape. It's going to be a new part of the series of the podcast, exclusively for the Knicks fans. Uh, Kyrie and Lodge, part of the RZB crew, so stay on the lookout for that. that. Shout out, bro. Yes, sir. Episode 134. So just hit the like, subscribe, and comment so you can be in tune and, you know, caught up to whatever we're doing. So let's dive right into it, man. NBA basketball. We're going to start off with the meat and potatoes. We're going to go right to the main meat. Listen, man, the Sixers finally got rid of James Harden. And honestly speaking, I didn't know how they were going to do it, and I didn't know how long it was going to take to do it. I thought it would take maybe until All-Star Weekend, maybe. Fortunately, it didn't get to that point. But listen, man, I just want to start off with Johnny. So, Johnny, I'm going to start off with you, the winners and losers of this, man. I mean, listen, a lot of people is kind of like giving it 50-50. I think we won just based on the fact that it was the whole sole purpose was to get rid of him. And, you know, just give me your thoughts. Well, Colin, I originally, as a Sixers fan, I was going to take a sigh of relief. Whew! All right, that's over. Another another tornado in the in in the in the review. But uh, going forward, I would want to originally say that we would were the would be the winners out of this trade. But in all honesty, for the sake of basketball, who really wins with James Harden? Period. This is his third yeah. trade in third in three years. Nobody really wins. There's no winners. There's no losers. There's just James Harden, Harden being James Harden. He's just being <laughs> weird, and he's taking his circus someplace else. So okay. as far as I'm concerned, it's just another tornado that's out the deal. And honestly, I mean, if you it, this guy, what what is what has he been wanting? Money, right? Long term contract and money. And this guy has been solidified on getting that, no matter what. It takes no matter what he has to say, no matter what act he has to do, no matter how many practices he has to not show up for. But it's it's all a part of his his plan to just ultimately get paid, I guess. Uh, Steve Ballmer, this is no coincidence. He wanted to go to the Clippers. Their owner is the richest owner in the NBA. Steve Ballmer. That's a little stat that I didn't even know myself. I'm pretty sure James Harden knew that. I'm pretty sure he his agent knew that. So uh, it that that made sense why he was undeniably sold on the Clippers. That's my personal opinion. Pretty mm. sure not. I'm pretty sure other people in the world would share that as well. But honestly, for Steve Ballmer, who really wins? 
and he he gains yet another unreliable star. No shade to Kawhi, no shade to Paul George, but he has another unreliable star that he doesn't know what he's going to get out of. I mean, mm. Paul George and Kawhi have a little bit more promise this season than James Harden, but if this votes well, if, if, if this goes south, then it'll just be like Steve Ballmer just basically going back to the drawing board. And he and on on top of that, he's already $91 million in a hole already with the contract tied up between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard alone. I mean, they they shuffled a, they shuffled a couple a couple of rotational players out. I mean, they kept Terrence Mann, but I mean, who's really winning here? And I mean, who else is really winning? Moving on to, I mean, who's Russell Westbrook? He's still there, right? This is this will be his third stint he's with James Harden. Yeah, this will be his yeah. third stint. You think you yeah, think he's happy about this? You think he's happy about this? You th- yeah. less less shots for him, less ball control for him. Uh, once again, another season of dealing with James Harden, which he wanted to get away from him twice before. It just doesn't work with them two. And yet and still, here we go again, third time. Pretty sure that's another loser. Um, Daryl Morey. Um, I mean, he managed to get rid of P.J. Tucker, who uh, we were going to have to owe him $11.5 million. He had a player option, so we kind of dodged that. Got two first-round picks out the Clippers. But at the end of the day, we're back at the drawing board. Joel Embiid, yet another superstar that it doesn't work out with. Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, now James Harden. No, Jimmy Butler. Oh my God! Jimmy Butler. No, no. Ultimately, it didn't. It ultimately it didn't work out to how it was. How we were supposed. We supposed to win, bro. (laughs) You. It just didn't work. It it did not work out. (laughs) It didn't work out. So this is just a third superstar, or that that it just potentially we're supposed to have something, and once again it didn't have anything. So Joel Embiid is just like, huh? No help again. Once again, it just. So honestly, I'm just gonna cut this stint short. This is just making me even more depressing. My bottom line is nobody wins, nobody mm. loses. It's just James Harden. Gosh. <sighs> it's just James Harden, the beer. All right, Kyrie, I'm going to swing it to you if I swing it to Mars. So, Kyrie, listen, in your, in your opinion, who's the winners and losers in the regardless of, you know, this whole trade? And then, you know, how do you think James Harden fits to the Clippers' plan? I mean, what, do we move Russell back to the bench? Do we put James Harden at the two and still have Russ at the point? And then we put Paul George at the three and Kawhi at the four. Because Kawhi did play the four for the Clippers for a good amount of time. I mean, what what's the roster looking like? Well, for the first question, Johnny pretty much answered that perfectly. As to saying, like, there ain't really too many winners and losers when it comes to James Harden being traded. Like, I don't I, – one, I think – the Sixers did make out better because they, they got him, like, away from the team. They got him away as a headache, and they did get some serviceable pieces back and, like, Morris Quinn, Nick Batum, or whatever. There's some yeah. pieces that, like, you could throw out there or whatever. They're they going to do their thing. But as far as, like, the Clippers go, bro, I really don't understand. I re- still don't understand, like, what kind of, like, what really enticed them or, like, what really attracted them to make this trade or what they see. James Harden bring it to their team, which is already full of what Johnny referred to them as unreliable stars, because that's exactly what they are. They they, they simply don't show up. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they well, simply well, don't show up. Health wise, because they health wise, but even in the playoffs, playoffs too, that still affects the playoffs too. Because if you if, if you got your wingman playing out there by himself, it's it's not what he signed up for, and vice versa. Or if they not playing, if they both not playing, then it's not. It's not what you signed up for. That's not what Steve Ballmer as a, as an owner and what the and, and what they they front office 
brought them there to do. They didn't bring them there to play less than fifty percent of their games together. Like mm-hmm. it's that's that's not what it's supposed to be like. So bringing a guy like James Harden in, who's had the turmoil, who's had the just like who just had like the disagreements with his past teams and his past squads, he's already played with a crazy team in Ky- with Katie and Kyrie, right. and it wasn't enough for him. And they still like it still falls in that category of like trade like trios and like teams that we put together like what if just because they right. simply weren't they, they just didn't last long together and it, it showed in the long run they wouldn't have lasted long together so okay. with it with, with it being James Harden I don't know how he fits in with the Clippers as far as we talk about from a pure basketball standpoint because Kawhi Leonard needs the ball a lot Paul George needs the ball a lot and deservedly so because they're going to they, they're going to go out there and get you buckets and they're going to they're going to earn Play those touches on the defensive end exactly and not the on top of that, they're clutch too. You can rely on them when they're in game. You can rely on them to hit shots down the line. And you can rely Absolutely. on them to get you buckets and, and make the right decision. So throwing a guy like Harden in the mix, as far as like a playmaking aspect, like he uh, he still fits in. He's got a guy like Zubak. He can fit. He can hit in the pick. Uh, he he can hit in the pick. And I roll. mean, he's he he's arguably the Clippers' best playmaker at this point. Cause no, yeah, Paul George is. Quad never he averaged, is. never averaged over. Yeah, exactly, and he. He hits guys at a higher volume than Russell Westbrook does. Russell Westbrook's probably second now as far as best playmaker on that team. But James Harden, to at most points, does it to more of a, an efficient extent. So, like I mentioned with the pick and roll with Zubak, he got that. And he's good at making zip zip, pack, zip passes like to the weak side. You find spot-up shooters like Kawhi. You still got Norman Powell, Terrence, man, when he comes back from injury. So... I think it does fit out as far as that. If he's willing to take a step back and not really worry about getting his points as much, then yeah, we, we'll see. But as far as like the clip, it's the Clippers, so I don't expect much from them. I don't expect them to last. I don't expect this team to be together like all healthy, every like fully loaded, come April, like come April. So, okay. And with that, right. James Harden, I see, I don't see him being on this team come next season. I think mm-hmm. he's going to find a way to complain his way out of out of here. Something's going to go wrong with him, Paul George, or Kawhi. I don't know if y'all seen the video, but him for like first walking into the locker room, you could feel the tension. Like I, 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 I could, like I, you could feel the tension. Like Terrence Man with their daggers at him because he was being dwindled all summer for him, and it's just like yo, like and now man, you're coming you over here, you taking touches away from me, you taking minutes away from there, me, and it's like. Man. Yeah, like you I, just, I mean, Russ is kind of laughing off. You know, Russ was laughing it off. You know what I mean? It was awkward, bro. It was awkward. It was awkward. It was awkward. I'm going to tell you this now. Yeah, yo, I'm going to tell you this real quick. I'm going to tell you this now. If they don't win, I'm going to tell you this now. James Harden might go down as one of the most disappointing players in NBA history, if not the most. That's fair. Dis- That's fair. I'm putting That's that fair. up there. The most disappointing career. I don't think anyone here can read this. I've never seen an MVP moved around this much. If it wasn't, if it's not, and you can't even use the injury excuse because it's literally just been times where he's flat out been at his prime and he's flat out disappointed. So it's just like, yeah, you know, that's definitely a fair argument. I don't think anyone can disagree with that one. I mean, Mars, I'm going to swing to you, you know, in in regards to this. So we got the more so of the West side, the Clippers side. What, What does it mean for the Sixers, man? I think Tyrese Maxey, Finally, becomes that other Kentucky guard that finally gets the full reins, full control, and he blossoms just like every other Kentucky guard. I mean, I think Joel and him would probably be a hell of a duo. Just what's your thoughts on the Sixers, man? And then moving forward, and who do you think is the winners and losers of the trade? Oh, I feel like the Sixers. 
He said he wanted to turn in the cup and everything, like I was previously stating that he was in his home. So, once you go into the toxicness in the locker room, I feel like you, you, you win. They got two draft picks, and they got some people that they can use for trade bait if they can, if they want to. Right. So, so Thomas Maxine, he, he's definitely, I don't know, he to keep Joe well there, healthy. I mean, he's playing like one of his men right now. Three games. But I expect him to step up. I expect him to have a good 25 points this year. But I don't know mm-hmm. if he's enough to keep Joel as a sixer. I do feel like the sixers moving on from hard and um, helps them in multiple ways. They got, um, they got some more pieces. I like the pieces they got. You got James Harden off your team. He doesn't really help any team in this scenario. Team, so yeah, I feel like Philly. That's fair. I feel like Philly will be okay moving forward. They'll be okay. Philly's definitely the winners of this. No, of this trade, in my opinion. But Chris, just like I'm gonna swing it to you though, Chris. Uh, just give me your thoughts. You know who's your winners and losers, and you know, I know you're the biggest Sixers fan on this podcast, man. I know you have you know the biggest. Talk about it. Come on, see, see, see. What my so, client you know, needs to say is, he just knows that you're aware of the Sixers. That's all. But he's still ready. <laughs> I know you have a phenomenal take. <laughs> okay, well, let's just get the elephant out the room. As previously stated, y'all had to move off. Y'all had to move off from James Harden. Simple as that. He had to go after all the drama that happened this offseason. Yeah. Him staying the team longer, I guess, or the way I'm saying this, him staying the team as the season progressed would would have only gotten worse and worse. No, no matter how, if he, no matter no matter if he played or not, it would have gotten worse. Yeah. And it might have actually it might have ended up forcing Joel and B to one out. Now getting him out early, you still have a chance to keep Joel. I personally don't think that's going to happen, but. You still have a chance right now because of this trade. All right. Um, all right. I find this funny because when the James Harden and Ben Simmons trade happened, a lot of people said the Sixers won the trade. A lot. Some people said the Nets won the trade. Mm-hmm. I was one of the very few, one of the minority that said neither team won because neither team progressed past what they originally were. The Brooklyn Nets, before they got James Harden, were only team that were a second round at best team. They lost in the first round after they traded him. The 76ers, a second-round team at best. Lost in the second round twice with James Harden. So, no team, in my opinion, won that trade when you look at it. This trade, in a sense, it's a little bit different. I will say the Sixers won only on the count that the players they got back, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris, uh, K.J. Martin, and who was the last one they got? Cove, Cove, Mm -hmm. Cove. So the good thing is the the now they have a lot of three and D wings. That was gonna be a picks. bad thing. That then they, they got picks, but that was gonna be a bad thing having too much depth at the wing because now still at the end of the day, you really only have two reliable scores you can go to, and that's Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. So neither one of them 
or let's just say one of them is not scoring, who's going to pick up the pace? Because we, we already know Tobias Harris is not going to be the answer, and we're not even going to talk <laughs> about that. I think that's the next thing the Sixers have to find out. And I do feel <laughs> like, I, and like Mar said, I'm going to piggyback off of it. I feel like, to me, this is Joel's last year if he's around the whole time of being a Sixer. And I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if Tyrese Maxey is going to be enough to want to keep Joel around. Like, especially if it's another second, especially if this year turns into another second round exit. Was that six, seven straight years of that? You think yeah. Joel's going to want to stay around for for more of that same media? I was that same mediocrity. No. Yeah, now we got to look at the Clippers. I don't know what the hell they were thinking doing this stuff. <laughs> I really, I I don't know what the hell was going through their heads. You I'm not like sure it? who they're. <laughs> Do I like it? Okay, let's let's just figure this out. One, now Terrace Mann is now officially upset at the Clippers. Bones oh, yeah. is probably Bones is probably officially upset at the Clippers. Right. Russell Westbrook, while he How might not show it, is How officially upset at the Clippers. You know it's why? Because you just brought over another ball dominant guard who's going to take who needs the ball to be productive. So, yes, on mm-hmm. paper, a team with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George sounds good. It sounds nice. If it was 2015. Mm-hmm. Right now, come on. It's not the same. James Harden James Harden James Harden has not has, James Harden has not played off ball since 2012 when he was in OKC. Russell Westbrook tried to play off ball with James Harden in Houston. And how did that work? Westbrook was only there for a year and axed out afterwards. It wasn't because he didn't like James Harden. It wasn't because they weren't cool to each other. He realized at this point in their careers, they can't play with each other. So you're gonna you're gonna try this experiment again. Like like everybody's saying, two unreliable stars in your team, health wise unreliable. But no, actually production wise unreliable too, because they have messed up in the playoffs before. But mostly health wise unreliable so stars. So hold on, Chris. So y'all don't think it could work if they bring Russ off the bench? I don't think Russ is gonna want to no, come off the bench again. And if he does come off the bench, it's gonna be him and Bone. But like that's. I, I don't see that really yeah. being. Like, I mean, him bones and Norman Powell. Him bones and Norman Powell, yeah, but you're still giving up size with that front three. They they can score. They can score with the best of them. He faces they, a foregone conclusion. But exactly. would you look at it? Would you look at it like a Chris Paul situation and go to see? But Chris, the words got a Darren. That's different. That's a that's actually that's working. Different that's that's, that's, a, that's different. The Warriors got a better bench. I see what you're saying, though, because they those are like Bones and on some teams is a starting caliber player. Russell on some teams still is a starting caliber player. Like, like if you just start Harden at the one, you let Terrence Mann play the two. You just let Russ play with Bones and Power and the others. You're giving away too much size. Six two, six three. Harden is making thirty five. Russ is on a two year eight million. So it could happen. Here's how I'm looking at it, though. Yes, Russ played on, came off the bench to L.A., but who's to say that's why he didn't come to Clippers to not play off the bench? Why would he want to go back? What if he doesn't want to go back to that role? Maybe he came to the Clippers to not play in that bench role again. So now he has a decision to make. They, I feel like Eagles are going to play too much of a factor in this team wanting to progress. And not only that, though, but in order to get James Harden, they got rid of damn near all their defense. So while they have, so while they have a lot of, while they have a lot of scores, their only two defenders really are Kawhi and Paul George. So if now they don't play, you gotta hope to shoot, have a shootout with teams. But think about it like this: we've seen James Harden be inconsistent way too many times. We know Westbrook can be inconsistent. 
Bones, he's a good player, but he's not somebody that's going to care, elevate your team. Norman mm-hmm. Powell has his days. That's fine. He's not going to consistently do what he – he's not going to consistently drop 25, 30 points. So now you really put everything on Kawhi. And I think the biggest problem with this trade, technically, if we're looking at it, James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard are all free agents at the end of this year. Fortunately for them, Kawhi and Paul George can come back with a player option, but that's $45 million from both of them. So what if James Harden wants to come back and he wants to get paid? Is he going to want to yeah. take a pay cut? Now you got to figure out contracts. I think, it's just too, I think it's too much outside factors and ego well, that's going to mess this team up. Well, the new, collective, the new collective bargaining agreement gave a little bit more cap space for owners, and Steve Ballmer got the dough for it a little bit, but... I mean, yeah, as far as consistency, yeah, the Clippers got a, a will. Like, but see, I, I agree with you saying. I, I would say as far as the the winners of this would be the Stitchers if I was to say so, mainly because I just thought of something. Um, Yeah, more shots for Maxi, but, hey, don't hang me for this. Tobias Harris has been playing kind of consistent. I don't know if he works better with Nick Nurse or he's just in better positions. It's three games. It's three games. We cannot go on three games when it comes to Tobias Harris. We've seen this story play out before. Let's stop. Before you even continue, just pump the brakes. Let's just slow our roll. We've seen this story play out before. New coach. Does the coach matter? Yeah, it matters. He's a better coach. From what I've seen, the way they move, the way the Sixers are playing, they're playing. They're, it's it's way better. I think I think Nick Nurse yes. is better at constructing the an offense. offense. The offense is more free flowing. Doesn't look like yeah. Hold on, hold Nick on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Three games, three games, you know three games. Not advocating. You know what? You know why the coach doesn't matter? Because last time I checked, Doc Rivers was the coach in 2019. Went to buy his after 20 on the Clippers. So did the coach really matter then? Well, huh. there's a whole different rosters, and that, he can't do that. Whole what you mean different rosters? He was getting the, he was getting the same shots that Clippers, he's getting now. Listen, with different with whole different set of teammates with different skill sets from each other. But Nick, Nurse, no, he was that, he was a top he was a top three scoring average in the Clippers. He's a top he was a top three scoring average for the Sixers. What's the but difference? But he went but he went over to a team with two guys that could. Well, Ben Simmons is not your shooter, yeah, but on, he, the, on the Clippers, he was more so their first option. That's, that what, right that's now. what I'm like, trying to they, tell you. That's they had, exactly. They had they, 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 you can't do Tobias that. Tobias Harris was, was their first option for. He was the first option. That's why I was able to put up 20, well, 20 points was a game. He not still he, getting the same looks and, and ISO possession. He, he, he was still getting, getting the same. Game. He's still getting the same looks, but it's, it's all about volume. When you got and I'm about to say that his shot attempts will increase. And, and, and then when ben, he went Simmons, to the... ben Simmons was there too. Ben Simmons, he he was bringing the ball up the court. He was initiating the offense. He had Jimmy Butler there for a season. It, it well, wasn't the same volume as he was getting with, 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 with so, the Clippers. So what but, I'm here, so, so, was still averaging so he, 27 that, plus. So to to buy his average, he, he averaging 19 much? points a game. Come on, man. Average, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So so what I'm hearing is Ben. What I'm hearing is Ben that to buy his average should be like What in in the Clippers? How many guys could score in Philly? Three. What's the difference? Well, Volume who, shooting, like who that who they who they have the Clippers? Then they have SGA there. They still had Lou Williams, so they still had score. Was Lou Williams Shea, 20, 20, Shea was Shea wasn't the scorer that he was progressing, but he, he wasn't at that point. That 
He was still a rookie, right? He was still a rookie. So there's no okay. way he could have been at that point. You can't throw Shea I understand that. The point I'm making is I don't see a difference in the play style if he's still getting the same looks. If anything, he should be doing more with the Sixers if they have better stars than they had in the but, Clippers. So he's we, getting more shot so attempts now. Talking about the, why are we talking about he, the coach if it didn't matter? Because the coach is getting him more shot attempts than he's had in the past three seasons. And with more shot attempts, he seems to be more consistent. Two, three games, like I said. Three, three games. And even but the thing with Tobias has always been though, does he is he going to make the shots when it counts most? Because he he's exactly. known for disappearing in the fourth quarters. He's known for having good scoring first halves and then disappearing right. in the second half and not really being aggressive or his shot just falls off. So that's been the thing with him and his Philly career. It's just about the consistency with him and like him just going ghost and, and just doing cardio out there that's what it came down to down to him but at the same time you got Embiid out there soaking up so much offense and and getting so many touches like it's it's bound to happen but I see what I I do see what Chris is saying though like he because he does get the same looks he's played he he plays the same way he's not being asked to do anything different especially because he was playing under the same coach and and doc like he wasn't being asked to do anything different like so, I, I see what he's. I see what Chris is saying with that. So yeah, because he he should definitely be better for what he, y'all. He, especially for what y'all pay him, he should be better for what y'all. Uh, for, oh, for y'all, for what he has. Well, man. shoot, you know, the heart is going. I'll, I'll, I'll like I'll be expecting more from him for sure this year. I'll be demanding more from him for sure this year. I wanted All to right. say one, I wanted he's to getting say more shot attempts. He's going to get more shot attempts. I wanted to say one more thing as far yeah. as like the Clippers, like before we before we had moved on or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I know, like. Yo, like we were saying, it's only been like three or four games. But another thing that kind of like boggled me about the, the, the Clippers trade or the Clippers wanting harder was Russ was starting to look like he was fitting in a little bit better with PG and Kawhi out there. Like he looked a little and more comfortable. Gosh darn it. And they, the Clippers look good. Like they look good. So, and it's again, small sample size. I know, I get it. But they've looked good, and it looked like they've been getting comfortable, and they've worked really hard in the offseason of getting they getting they chemistry and just getting they like they, they togetherness as a as a as a unit together. So, I, I I just I found it weird for them to be so eager to pull this trigger on a hard and win instead of being like, all right, let maybe let's let's see what this is. Maybe in this case in this case less is more. Like I I I, w- I was kind of hoping to see what they did with that, like with, with Russ starting and him messing with uh, with Paul George and Kawhi, but that's what I that's what I had to say. Well, I mean, that that's really tough. Because like I said, Kyrie, and what at one point you did say, Russell looked like he was really comfortable and enjoying himself with the Clippers, man, way more than he was with the Lakers. I felt like Tyron Lou, credit to him, I mean, well, I guess, you know, Chris might not want to agree with that, but, you know, he's actually found a way to get Russ, you know, making him look like a, a decent point guard, looking like a decent quality guard, you know, for the Clippers. They don't need Russ to be anything close to what he can be, right? That's over with. But if he was playing the way he was those first, granted, three games, small sample size, I think the Clippers could have done something pretty nice. But, you know, hey, let's see where it goes with James Harden taking over. But with that being said, we move on to the next topic. This topic was kind of similar to the last NFL episode where we did our buyers and um, sellers, you know, who, I mean, buying and selling which franchises. So I'm going to really start with Kyrie on this one, man. So which franchises, which three franchises are you really looking to buy or sell? Just uh, just tell me, man, who is it? Like, buy? 
Time out, time out, time out. Isn't it a little bit too early to be considered which franchises should be buyers or sellers? Because like well, you said, like it. three games. Who we like so far? Who we like? We got, we got, we did it with the NFL. It was only the ceiling. It was only week six, week seven. It's, so it's it almost, pretty... it's almost midway through the NFL season. But, but, makes but sense. the same deadline was coming up. But but we got to match it up with the NBA one. Listen, it doesn't hurt for early. It's fine. Listen, it doesn't hurt for a little pre, you know, early, you know, pre, you know, to make a little. So 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 do you so you asking who should be who's contenders and pretenders? Are you asking me that then? Yeah, we'll do that. Well, we'll do that. Yes, contenders and pretenders. I mean, that's what the topic was. I don't know why. I don't, honestly, I don't know why you worded it that way as far as I know. That was, was, yeah, that was completely on my end, but yeah. The way I, like, when I put the topic in there, like, I had it, I pretty much saw it as, like, giving preseason hype and, like, new changes to, like, like new look teams or whatever. Who do you think is, like, pretenders or who do you think is, like, real contenders for it? Right, and given the it. small sample size that we've seen, but yeah, that's just how I look. Well, then who are you? Then who would it be? Contenders and pretenders. I mean, honestly, as far as pretenders, and it's gonna, it kind of hurts saying this because I, I was, I spoke very highly of them last year because I really thought they, they be contending like highly in the West. But the New Orleans Pelicans, honestly, I think may be contenders this season. I mean, not not contenders. I'm sorry, pretenders. Because I think they, they got all the talent in the world. They got all the depth that they need. But it's still, I still feel like something's going to get in the way of them being a serious team, a team that people take serious in the West, a team that you could possibly see making the playoffs and, and, and getting to the second round or something like that, and kind of making meaning, kind of, kind of making people scared. But the only reason I say that is because I just feel like it's deja vu with the, like with the Pelicans all the time. Whereas we see Zion playing good, we see him putting up good numbers and whatnot. We see he comes in like new, like new physique and whatnot. It, "Quote unquote in shape, and it's just like then he 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 hurts he pulls a hammy or something, or he hurts his knee, and then he he misses like 30, 40 games, and then it forces Bi to, to pick up the slack and then CJ McCollum to pick up the slack, and then they get hurt, and then it's just like they, they they whole team just start to break down, and that's just what it seemed like to be with them like over time. Maybe he could change this season, I don't know, but since they didn't make a lot of changes in the off season." Like for the most part, they did make a good draft pick with Jordan Hawkins, who I who I like so far. Yeah. But guys like Dyson Daniel coming off the bench, Kieran Lewis, like they're not really like that consistent. Kieran so Lewis, man, it, really... it, and they they've been giving him more minutes too. And sometimes he looks good, like sometimes he go out there and do his thing. He is three, he gets out of transition. But and then you got you got Trey Murphy out with the um, I can't remember if it was an Achilles or a knee injury, but he's going to miss, he's missing a big chunk of time to start the season. I I don't know. I think it's a team like people like given what they look like on paper and them being healthy, like considering them being a hundred percent healthy, it's a team that me and I think a lot of other people would look like like yo, they could do some damage in the West, but I don't think it's I, I think that window closed for them, to be honest with you. Okay. That's good. And then uh you said like you said three teams? Yeah, three. Two more. I think the Mavericks I think the Mavericks can be serious contenders. Okay. Um, Luke is not going to be putting up the forty, like eleven and eleven, or whatever the hell he's putting up right now. But he's playing. He's playing like a madman. And Kyrie Irving, I think, is, is missed like a game or something like that. But given like the 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 changes they made this off season too, 
Um, we added Derek Lively. Uh, they not added Grant somebody Williams. else. Grant, Grant Williams. Williams. They added Grant Williams. They got another like Death Big and Rashawn Holmes just in case something go wrong. Yeah. I yeah. think they they got Josh Green developing into a nice two way player off the bench. Right. I yeah. think the, I think the Dallas Ma- I think the Dallas Mavericks finally got. It's honestly what it comes down to is Jason Kidd and how well he coaches and how well he. Kind of he guides those guys through certain because it was a lot of like times last year where they like he wouldn't make any adjustments throughout the game and their defensive breakdown and right. he was just still all right let's just roll Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell out there and I know it's not much else they could have done but it just seemed like I it's really on the defensive end it doesn't seem like he made it a lot of adjustments and it just they struggled a lot last year because of that but with him it, it takes him being able to make adjustments he has the people to be able to do that now. I think the Mavericks can be serious contenders in the West this uh this upcoming season. Um, I'm trying to think of a third team. I think another pretender is going to be the Cavs. You think so? I don't, see, I don't think the I think the Cavs honestly struggled to make the playoffs. To be honest with you, I don't see the Cavs. Have, wow. I don't see the, that's, I don't see the Cavs tough. having that good of a season. That's for, tough. For, because that's I, tough. one, I don't I don't think D. Mitch is going to stay after this season. There's been a lot I of talk with his contract go. coming up. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he's gonna stay after this season. And it's kind of well known around there. And I think they're going to look more towards developing around people around Darius Garland, yeah, getting Evan Mobley to be that All Star caliber power forward, uh, forward that they they drafted him to be. And I think they're just gonna, I think they're just gonna roll with that kind of core. They picked up some other guys in like George Niang and Max Struess to help out that bench and drafted yeah. somebody based on about that bench. But I still don't think it's enough. Um, I think the Cavs. I think the Cavs is definitely going to be pretenders this year. You got Jared Allen missing a big chunk of games to start off the season too. That's never good. Your big man being out because of foot or uh, leg problems or something like that. Um, I don't. I think the Cavs have a down year. I think. I think they'd be in that pretender category. Okay. All right, then, Chris. I want to swing to you before I swing to Mark. So, Chris, who's your, you know, pretenders or contenders? Three teams. Who is? If we're going off contenders, um, I can honestly think of five teams, honestly, that I think are contenders. I mean, Denver's number one. You got the Milwaukee up there, Boston, Phoenix, and L.A. I think those are the only – and by L.A., I mean the Lakers. I I have no faith in the Clippers. I think those are the only five contenders throughout the whole year. I think a lot of teams are pretenders. First one I got to start off with – I got, I'm sorry, Kyrie. I gotta go and get you. I think the Mavs are gonna be some pretenders this year. Yes, they did ask. They did. Add, they did add some defense, which is great this offseason, mm-hmm. which is great. But at the end of the day, I feel like there's a state run to the same problem. The defense just isn't gonna be enough. They don't have any. Inter- they have no interior presence still. I mean, most. I mean, yeah. You said they have a shot home. Most of the time, Dwight Powell's getting 20, 25 to thirty minutes. Dwight Powell does, it does not get. Is, nobody's afraid of going to, at Dwight Powell if he's in the paint. So yeah. still, I did mention still, Derek Lively also, who who had a crazy first game with them, and he's not going to be he's not going to be like featured a whole bunch because he's still a rookie, he's still learning and whatnot. But that's somebody I could see down the line during the season having a big impact for them. But I see I do see what you're saying though. And at some point, at some point in time, we got to realize just the way that recent NBA history has looked. When you have a backcourt with two ball dominant score first guards, that doesn't equal a lot of success in the league, no matter how great they are. We all know Luca is a phenomenal talent. He arguably going to be the face of the league in like two, two, three years. Arguably, Kyrie Irving, we know what he brings to the table in the offensive end. But again, 
we we've seen just to how a backcourt with two score first ball dominant guards how that works and sometimes there's not enough ball movement it's difficult for for the rest of the team to get in rhythm because they're not getting the ball because you know Luke or Kyrie might need 15 seconds to create something for themselves and it's I I think that yes they're gonna have a really good offense I think they're gonna have a top ten offense in the league just because of the scoring prowess that Luke and Kyrie bring on a nightly basis or can bring on a nightly basis. But at the same time, I feel like they're going to lack again in the defensive department, because if you have two score first guards putting so much of the effort in on offense, they're not going to play defense. And we know Kyrie and Luca, I mean, Kyrie can play defense sometimes, but he doesn't always play defense. We know Luca really does not play defense because he has to save his energy for the offensive end. It's kind of the same thing that Dame had to do when he was in Portland for all those years. He couldn't play defense for real because he needs energy to either create for himself or create for others on the offensive end, along with CJ. So, to me, I think the pretenders. Another one, and to me, we got to look at it. We got to start saying the Miami Heat are going to be pretenders this year. I'm Mm. sorry. They tried to put all the... They tried to put all their eggs in one basket <laughs> just to land Damian Lillard. And in, in in doing that, they lost their starting backcourt. Now, Max Strews and Gabe Vincent are not needle movers. They're not anybody where you can say, like, they're going to carry you to the promised land or what the case may be. Gabe but, they were, but, they were, but they were key contributors and, and will continue to be key contributors to whatever team they're on. So now, at this point, you're putting more pressure on Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo to carry whatever team that is. I don't think Cody Mars is going to have that consistency that he had last year in the playoffs. He just got hired mm. just on the hot streak going forward. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen. They who out what bench presence do they really have? Kyle Lowry, he's a nice player to have if you're a contender. In a team like this, what is he going to bring to you? He we see every every year he's regressing. They really have no other true point guard outside of Kyle Lowry. So who's really setting the offense up? Is it Jimmy Butler? Is it Tyler Hero? Like, who's really setting the offense? Hero's not really a point guard. He's somebody that need, that's a volume score. He needs to put the ball in the basket to to to, to, to bring value to it, whatever team he's on. So now you're, you're banking on Jimmy Butler to literally be Jimmy Buckets again for a whole year because you want a good scene because you don't want to play in – you want to be in the playing tournament. And then he has to go through – Boston and Milwaukee again just to get to just to get to Eastern Conference Finals. And I know we did it before, but Boston and Milwaukee got different teams right now. Like he like Drew Holiday ain't in Milwaukee no more. It's Damian Lillard in Milwaukee. Somebody who could drop thirty or forty right back at you. That ain't gonna mean nothing. Sure, you mm-hmm. might you might score on him, he gonna come right back down to score on you. That's different mm-hmm. than going against Drew Holiday. We gotta look at he as a team that you don't want to say their window closed, but unless they make a key move to bring in somebody to, that can be point guard and get somebody and get some more depth on the bench, I don't really see them making it past the playing games. I, I see them losing. I see them losing to like an Indiana team. I see them losing to maybe a Knicks team if they if they just end up making it there. I don't see a, a Cavs team if they're in the playing tournament. I don't really see them doing much. Um, and I think one more pretender, and I'm gonna pick it back off Kyrie with this one: the Cavaliers, only because of Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, I don't think, like he said, wants to be in Cleveland. They just traded him there because they just got the best offer back for him. I really think he wants to go to New York, and he's just playing out this year so he can be a free agent and then end up trying to sign with the Knicks anyways. So, and when and when Donovan Mitchell goes, the Cavs, while they're still going to be a competitive team, are going to have a gaping hole that needs to be filled with a star caliber player. Darius Garland's a, a very good player. He's not. He's not. He's not a superstar town player. He's a very good player. 
borderline all star because he was all star last year. He's not some. He's not again. He's not really a needle mover. Evan Mobley, another another great player, could make a couple all star games. Not a needle mover. Jared Allen, great interior presence. Not a needle mover. So who who who's going to get the ball? Who's going to be that guy that here? I need you to do something here. Take the ball and just take us there. If Don, if Donovan Mitchell's not going to be there, we got to start looking at stuff like that. And I'm also I'm also saying this team is a pretender. It's mainly not because of him, but it's more so the people around him. I got to go with the Golden State Warriors in this one. The reason being is because, one, no, and the reason being with this is because, one, there's going to be an issue with Klay Thompson, only due to the fact that Klay Thompson wanted a contract extension and the Warriors didn't give him one. So we don't know what his mindset is going to be like going through this season. He might be out to try to prove, he might be out trying to prove himself that I'm worthy of another big extension, and if y'all not going to give it to me, I'm about to show up for another team. So he might be messing up the flow of the offense. Draymond Green, I, I know they got rid of Jordan Poole, but I still feel like there's some something there that's just going to hog that. And I still don't get the reason of having Chris Paul on your team. Now, as, as the small sample size we have, Chris Paul has looked good. And it's great that he decided to accept the bench role. But when it comes down to it, late game stretch, is Steve Kirk is Steve Kirk gonna have Chris Paul in the game? Now, if you put Chris Paul in the game, you got Curry, Paul, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins can guard multiple decisions. That's cool. Chris Paul can't. Steph Curry can't play defense. Clay Thompson is not the defender he once was. So now you basically got three defensive liabilities on the court at the same time. So now what? So now what's the role gonna be? Curry's gonna have to try to pull another Superman and carry this team. And while he's capable of doing that. I think the West, again, is too tough this year for him to have to try to carry a team deep into the playoffs. So Wiggins, to me personally, has not looked himself since they won the since they won the championship. He's not bad, but he has not looked like he he has not looked like himself. They need Kamenga to start. They need Kamenga to have a breakout year. They need Moses to have a breakout year. They need one of them. They need somebody to step up, and there's not. And none Jackson of them Davis has been looking like a bright spot for them coming up. Listen, Kyrie, yeah. who's the who, who's they the rookie they, they drafted? Who's the rookie they drafted? Brandon, um, Pajemski. Uh, yeah, he's another one. I think he can make some. If they get these guys, give him some time. That's all. They, they Curry don't have time. Curry thirty four right now. He don't got time to wait <laughs> around. If he wants to, he needs to win. So he's gonna do everything his power to make sure his team wins. Oh. So he needs these young guys to step it up. And again, it was smart for Jordan Poole to get out of there, but I think they're gonna. End, I think in the long run they're gonna think like, "Damn, we really need Jordan Poole. We yeah, need somebody who can it. at least. We need somebody where if Steph comes off the bench, we need somebody like, oh here, you can play. You can play the point guard position. Yes, you're a score first guard, but at least we. Can, at least you can run the offense. At least you can. Some you'll have your games where you can go off where Curry can just take a break. Well, I, they don't have that anymore. Curry's gonna miss that, and that, and they don't have that anymore. And I think because of that is gonna be part of their downfall. So I think I think those four teams I just did, they're all pretenders, honestly. All right. Hell of a answer, man. Love it. Kyrie, Chris, man. Mar, I'm going to I'm gonna save you, you know, say the best for last. Go ahead, Mar, go ahead. Who's your contenders and pretenders? You want five pretenders and five contenders? Yes, yes, sir. Whoa. I'm sorry. After three games, you know, <laughs> I feel like the Mavericks are, are going to be, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Nuggets are contenders. 
Oh, okay. The nigga, yeah, you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he just doesn't want to admit it. There's a difference. The Nuggets <laughs> are contenders. The Celtics are contenders. Okay. Um, Jerry still. The Suns are contenders. Sixes are contenders. I would say the Bucks are contenders. So I want to say the Lakers. Who's your, that was your five contenders. Who's your pretenders? I guess I got to say the Lakers. Oh, the pretenders? Oh, yeah, Chris definitely covered that one. The Heat are definitely pretenders. Um, The Grizzlies will be pretenders. They're gonna be big. Cool. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, job. The sixes, sixes are pretenders. That's the. Nah, that's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> the Clippers are pretenders. Oh man! For fifteen. That's crazy. I shall say. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a fifteen. Because everybody else is just trash. If it ain't Denver, Boston, and the Sixers, that thing be Milwaukee. I'm on the fence about Milwaukee. Giannis is Giannis has been playing so trash. Like, yeah, his last game he had thirty, but like <laughs> him being a second option or trying to be a this second option, trash. Is is what? Denver, Are you? Boston. Come on, man. Denver. I mean, it's, it's still, but it's still you know, Dallas pretenders. If it ain't Boston or Denver, man, I just feel like everybody else is pretending because they're not beating Denver or Boston. Maybe Boston, but not Denver. You got, we got to be real with ourselves. Denver brought back all five of their starters. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can say all the other 29 teams is pretenders then. For real, for real. Oh, and, and I'm not even going to hold y'all. I, I've been on the fence and been thinking, humbly been thinking, like my Knicks might be in that pretenders uh, uh category. And it's simply because I don't. I think we regress because we didn't make no real upgrades this season. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo is cool, but he – He's pretty much like another Josh Hart out there. He's out there to hustle, play defense, hit a three there and here and there. But I don't think Jules is the the, the answer to taking us to the promised land. Jalen Brunson is going to do Jalen Brunson things. He's still going to go out there and do good. But I also don't have the utmost. I don't really have a lot of hope in in, in R.J. Barrett. So I, I and we had it. We had a good show. Like it was a disappointing loss. But we only lost to the Celtics open night by like six points. And Kristaps was going crazy. Jason Tatum was going crazy. If we didn't miss 12 free throws, that would have been our game. Mm-hmm. But I, between them and Milwaukee, bro, I, I, I just, I, I don't really see it for it. I kind of see, I, I really see us taking a step back. All right. I see. Okay. All right. Listen, Johnny, last but not least. Who's yeah. your pretenders and contenders, man? Before we switch on to the next topic, I'll let Kyrie take over that last time. Yeah, I got I got three and three. Um I got I got three of the obvious on both sides. Uh you guys pretty touched pretty much touched on it. Uh why ain't nobody say the T Wolves? 
I can't stand that two game big man thing that they trying to do. It's not working. <laughs> like pretend like that. That's one of my. Uh-huh. Fa- that's like my number one favorite pretender. Like I will continue. I will continue to like mock that style of offense or that lineup until they get Gobert or Towns out of there. They just paid. Kenny recently paid Towns and and Gobert. So I'll be mocking that in for for much so, more seasons so, to come. So but, so so before you continue your list. The only reason why I did not put the Timberwolves in Pretenders category is because we already knew they was in the Pretenders category. Because unless <laughs> Anthony Edwards carries them to the promised land, they're not going anywhere. So I, I didn't think that need. I, I didn't think that needed to be said. That's that's the only reason yeah. why I didn't bring them well, up. For the rest, like if they just go back to Mar Point, like outside of the few, the rest of them is trash. And since we're naming the rest of the trash, I'll just pick out yeah, Timberwolves, tra- Pretenders. But like other than that, could you guys touch on everything else? Uh, Cavs, he, um, I agree as well. Uh, just smoking the mirror, Holy almost shit. there, but just not there. I mean, I mean, I'm surprised you ain't saying you're gonna the hit contenders the... with that OKC. That's crazy. For the pre- OKC. Yeah, for the contenders. Oh, uh, for the con- I, well, it could have yeah. been something, but as far as, pre- well, yeah, pretend, yeah, as far as pretenders go, yeah, that's pretty much it with that. Like, uh, yeah, Cavs, he take your pick, um, then throw the T Wolves in there. But now on Bulls. to the uh, contenders. <laughs> yeah, the Kings. Not a Kings fan. Well, yeah, they they Kings, they where they could they made the playoffs. Now it's all the way up from there. I but know, the, the pre shot lucky. The the contenders though, I will say like gets a little bit. It does get a little bit interesting. Outside of the obvious, Celtics, Nuggets, Bucks, blah blah. blah. Like let's get let let let's. It's kind of interesting. I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> I wanna I wanna throw. I, I, I'm loving the Mavs right now, man. Like, they undefeated still. Like, we already know it's not going to last with Luke, but Luka is going to last. But we already know that the Mavs aren't going to last. Like, but we know Luka is going to last. And at the end of the day, I do got to say, he has, like, I know it don't mean nothing, but here's, like, it's it's a he's the first player in NBA history to, like, start off the season leading his team in every category. Not every, every category, except for blocks and steals. But boards, doms, and, like, points. I didn't even know that. I was like, oh, God, he's going on. That crazy. Luka, in addition to the Luka. thirty point triple doubles, so, but that's Luca. So, whatever. But that's Luca. Whatever. We already, we already know. We already know. Johnny, got fun fact for you about Luca. Did you Did you also know that Luca has the highest use percentage in NBA history right now? Oh, what, the highest what? What's the percentage? What's the percentage? His His percentage is almost at thirty six percent. That's the highest in NBA history right now. Higher than Jordan, Kobe, all of them. Higher than Jordan, Kobe, all of them. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's not anybody here, though. That should not surprise anybody here. And when you watch a Mavericks <laughs> game, Luka Doncic has the ball, and everybody else has. Well, to yeah, win. yeah, that's well, what it is. I'm not again. We all know Luka is great, and I'm not taking away from the fact that Johnny that's made all I'm a saying. very impressive stat. It's a very impressive that's... stat, but that man has the ball nine times out of ten on offense. <laughs> you know, and and I use well, this reason like why, that. but. Like, like, like I said, like I said, the Mavs aren't gonna last, but Luca will. Like, my goodness, I just had to say, I just, had, I just said to say, God, God, Lord, Luca, like, you know, he's still Luca. But anyway, other than that, other than that, the, I, I, I'm gonna say, y'all, Atlanta Hawks. I like them as a sneaky contender. Like Cam, Cam Thomas has been playing out of his body. I like him, yo. Thirty-three Sorry. points per game so far. Oh, it's only two, three games, but I, I like it. The, bro, bro, the why not? Why not? Thomas? Yeah, I, I like um. Yeah, for you said um, the Hawks though. No, Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. Oh, Jalen Johnson. Jalen yeah. Johnson, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, Johnson. okay. 
Yeah, from Duke. Yeah, yeah nice. Not he's been, he been, he been good, but... Then they, and, but like I, Chris said, we talk about needle movers. He's not no real needle mover. But the, the Hawks always seem to have that no-name type of death. Not like not like Miami, not like Denver, not like those. But they, they seem to have... Like, when I watch the Hawks play, it's only through three games. But Trey Trey's hooping. DeJounte Murray is, is still... He's still him. Like, they're collectively, as a group, like, I like the way they look. They're looking good. Like, they're looking, like, yeah, obviously, like, Chris Paul's looking good with the Warriors. The Hawks are looking good through three games, collectively as a group. I, I wouldn't be surprised about- if they would, I wouldn't be surprised if I would put them in a contending team. Uh, fifth, six to five seed. Like, I put them as a sneaky contender. Line. I'm going to I'm have to give pushback to that only because I see Atlanta so far, small sample size again. But I, I still see them, like, long-term as being a team that still can't defend and a team where a backcourt of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young won't work because Trey Young doesn't move off the ball. When Trey Young doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's at the top of the key every single time, just standing there. And uh, DeJounte Murray, he comes from a Spurs system where nobody's allowed to just be standing there. You're not. Nobody's allowed to just be saying somebody's always got to be moving. Somebody's always got to be screens and some off-ball actions going on. And a guy like Trey Young that can shoot so well, that can shoot off his screens and pin down so well, I don't understand why they don't really run any off-ball actions. They don't really run any sets for him to, to help DeJounte get get them two in the flow of the backcourt together. But I, I don't see that changing any time because they've had a coaching change. They went from Nick McMillan to Quinn Snyder. Yeah, Quinn Snyder, it's, defensive mindset. It's, it's still, it is still the same thing. Trey Young is still doing the same. He's still going one on one on ISOs. He's throwing stupid passes in the pick and roll. So his highs, his turnover, his turnovers is always going to be high. He don't play no defense. He's probably he's never going to. He's never he never will yeah, because Murray Murray's the defensive. He gives him the defensive like he is not he not, is. not but, leg, when, but when they switch, bro, they they're hunting Trey Young. Yeah, they're hunting to get at Trey Young and to get him in in, in the center of the court. That's why this. That's why it's not going to work, and there's not much he can do about that. And Clint Capella breaking down in the back, he's in, in your front court. He's not. He, that's not really helping you out. And I know the the kid Jalen John. He's been playing good. He's he's becoming a more versatile John Collins. He's like he kind of remind me of Josh Smith. Like being in like uh-huh. I don't know if it's just being him being a hook, but he's kind of remind me of like Josh Smith low key. He's a little more versatile than Josh Collins, where he Josh was like I mean John Collins, where he was more like just pick and roll really. Mm-hmm. And if he hit a spot up three in the corner, maybe give you a little one two dribble on the block. But he's Mainly not really exactly. He's not going to it, it's it's different with Jalen Johnson. He produces different for you, but I still don't think it's enough for them, bro. I I. I think they're just. I think I still think they're the same team. I, I I think it starts with Trey Young, not doing some other things you expect from a superstar point guard. Hawks 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 sneak into the playoffs. Ice Trey will be there. They can, they can definitely be a playoff team. They can definitely be a playoff team. But the Hawks have, they they've been a playoff team though. They've been a team that made it to the, the first round and get get bounced out, or they make it to the second round and get bounced out. They don't make no real noise. And I don't see them as a team people really fear because, you know, most likely you won't have to make Trey Young a play. You don't have to make Trey Young play you out of games. He'll do it himself sometimes. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Recent history. Ball dominant backcourts just do not work. (laughs) 
that's the thing with them though. Like Chris, bro, they don't have to be ball dominant because Trey is such a good outside shooter. And like you, you look at a guy like Curry, I'm not comparing the two of us to where you look at a guy like Steph Curry, they're about the same size, about the same frame, they got the same skill set. And he's he's running around all game. He's never he's never just staying to still. He's never just sitting at the top of the key watching Draymond cook or watching Clay Thompson cook. Because he no, that's not gonna work. He, I, I just I really want to see him get moving to like some more off ball action and then and, and get some stuff done like outside of just pick and roll and ISO scoring. Colin, you muted, bro. All of us. Are muted. Oh, oh man. I mean, I was saying more so. Curry's really six three, solid, and Trey Young what five eleven, five ten, five eleven with shoes. So that really maybe plays. six. Right. I don't even think he's six foot. Someone I know personally stood next to him was like five ten. He was literally the same height as him. It was crazy. It was just like Yeah, so you know that really plays a part. It's just the just the running around itself though. You don't even gotta be getting the ball every time. Just the running around itself though is enough to tie your defender up. Like yeah. running them through screens on Yucca Kungu and Jalen Johnson. Right. Like that's not fun. <laughs> like he he's got he's he's gotta he's gotta make use of that. Man. Listen, Johnny, you had a great take. Let's get to the last topic of this basketball episode, man. The All-Star game made some major announcements in terms of that. Uh, East versus West, they're going back to the original format. What's your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, Johnny, I'm going to swing it to you first and swing it to Kyrie. Just give me your thoughts on that, Johnny. Well, the All-Star game it's, coming back. It's, 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 looking like, it's, it's looking like it's taken away from the favoritism. Because I, I, like, I like how the NBA – started when they did the segment of like team captains and pick a team. Now it's seeming like I'm not going to say the same players have been playing for the same side, but it it seems like, you know, these types of uh players like the the like the big name players already seem to have who they want to play for and then the continue all-stars after they just go wherever they may. Like this seems more traditional taking it back I I mean, at this point, it's kind of like in case y'all forgotten type thing. I'm for it. I feel like East versus West. Anyway, I think the main problem with it was the competition uh, as far as like defense, as far as hustle, as far as the motor, as far as the entertainment. Uh, I think it's more so if long as you keep that competition, you can drape it how you want it. Like you can do like team captains. You can go back to East versus West. I think it comes down to the competition. And yet the players got to care. Uh, we had a segment about this a couple of, uh, like, I think last season. And I ran an all-star break. And I mentioned uh, before that players should be, like, given incentives to charities of their choice or what, whatever whatever you may have you to make them want to play more or make them want to actually step up the hustle and make the all-star game worth watching. Like, take some pride in it. So at the end of the day, I like them going back to the traditional mode of East versus West, but these players' hearts got to be in it. Um, and I do think it takes away from the favoritism a little bit, like as far as team captains picking. Like. All right, Johnny, fair point. Kyrie, swing with you. East versus West, back in action. What's your thoughts on it? Um, the only take, the only good takeaway from it for me is I just like that classic format personally as a fan. I love it being East versus West. Um. But I don't think it's going to be anything different than what we've seen in the past. To be honest, I just don't look forward to the All Star Game, All Star Weekend in general. And 
I think it's gonna. I, I still think it's gonna be underwhelming. Um, I think it's it's gonna it could be even more lopsided because now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot more stars out in the West. The East got some stars. The, the East do got some stars. They got the East Dan got because only like it's gonna be twelve. It's only gonna be a twelve player, you know. So it's like twelve all stars yeah. in the East, twelve all stars. I think. It was, but yeah. it it all comes down to whether or not the like the guys want to take it serious and they actually want to oh, play and make it like put it up, like put on a show for the fans for not yeah, just sure. wait until the fourth quarter. And I get it; they don't want to go one hundred percent and end up getting hurt at an exhibition game. But to be fair, I see stars, I see players all summer in them Rico runs and them Chris Johnson runs playing their hearts <laughs> out, playing their hearts out, trying to catch bodies, trying to put somebody on the floor. Like, it's like, and it's just like, yo, why, why can't you do that in the middle of February? You're doing it in the offseason. Why you can't do that in, in the All-Star game? And you already in season. Like, you already in the, like, you already in the most. You already been playing games, like. Why not? I got you, to you, you, uh, you, you, I got this two go. game road trip in t- next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, bro. But you get, you get the whole, you get the whole week off after All Star break, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You do. I forgot that. I forgot the new. Yeah. They, they definitely did on the event. They always have though. They always get a week off after. All-Star I thought, break. I thought it was like a couple days off and then they go back. That was like a couple early, days. Early two thousand. I mean early two thousand. It was like four or five days, but they played like like the rest of that week. They is really no game. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying, if you can go hard in the Rico runs in the summer, bro, you can go. You, you can get, you can give us a show call. That's fair. Well, shit, you're not wrong. I mean, Mar, I'm gonna slate to you. Thoughts on the East and West coming back in action, man. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, trash, but <laughs> for, for, it's, I feel like there's more opportunity for more also. Seems because it's usually more on the west, so like you can have you know, like Lamelo balls if he's healthy. You can have some of these different um maybe orders. Maybe you do have a Cam Thomas and all stuff. Don't get my vote. Never. You never know. No, facts. Cam Thomas because you know he's shooting that shit every time he get it. Exactly. <laughs> For some people who was never gonna get a chance if they were just always Celtics picking. beat the Pacers by fifty one. The top ten people or the top fifteen people in the league. I feel like so. I just feel like it's bringing back a format. It's bringing back some like some sort of criteria in a sense. If you ain't really hooping on your side of the, of the turf, you ain't you ain't supposed to be here. Instead of it just being the best fifteen people, that's that's more to like. That's more of like the all NBA type thing, so I'm I'm just glad it is it just brings back a format and it's creating more opportunities. I see, Mark. Not to mention, I feel like the draft, the whole draft, the format was getting corny and dry. Cause how does Nikola Jokic go last? Like how how does he go last in the draft, bro? I don't get it. It was it was getting corny. It was getting all political. <laughs> I, I I ain't like it. Listen, now okay, now again, I I know. 
technically Nicole Jokic shouldn't, but when you're trying to go to a game and try to see some highlight plays, you don't think of Nicole Jokic. Even though I know he's the best player in the world, I know. I know. <laughs> but you don't think but you don't, yeah, yeah. But you don't think but you yeah. don't, but, you, but when you think of highlight plays in an all star game, Nicole Jokic does not come to mind. I know it's weird. We didn't come it's here for an old man in LA fitness competing come on, trying man. to win. <laughs> when it comes to actually competing and trying to win the all star game, but bro, Nicole Jokic is I know, I know, I know, I know. It's 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 a weird subject. Yeah, the first advocate. <laughs> no, I'm just, I see what he's saying. I definitely see what he's saying because Jokic, he he's not going to get it past. He's not going to get past half court half of the half only, the game. So only thing like the only thing Jokic can do that we're going to like is a flashy pass. And I mean that's cool, but like when I think mm-hmm. also game, I'm trying to see more than just a flashy pass. Yeah, let's see. I mean, well, Chris, since you're you know since you're taking the highlight, man, just give me your thoughts on the East and West. You know, give me your thoughts. What's your reaction to I, like that? I, I agree with Martin Kyrie on the fact that, you know, going to the East and West, East versus West format, it sucks because, I mean, we've seen in history, they don't, at, at a certain point in history, it seemed like they just stopped taking the All-Star game seriously. And it, it, and it was like that while it was still under the East versus West format, which is why they changed it to now having team captains and drafting players. I also agree with Kyrie on the fact that it, this had to come because these last few draft selections they were kind of corny like i think from 20 i i feel like, i think the draft started in 2018 when they did the team captain mm-hmm. draft i feel like from 2018 to 2020 when they had the one for in Kobe, in kobe's honor those first three were very strong they were very competitive games <clears throat> everybody seemed like they were more involved obviously you know they were playing lazy at times but when it came down to when it came down to the target score they were playing they were like playing. last four yeah, last four minutes Giannis and, and Brown was going at it. Was like, oh, and, hold on. and that's and that's what we wanted to see, and that's what we want to see in this format. But as it got, as, but as the years went on, these past two or three years, we saw that people didn't try not to take it as seriously anymore. And it kind of just it felt whack. It felt corny. So it was smart to go back to this format, but it sucks that they did it. And I like I agree with more on the fact that yes, this creates more opportunity for. Excuse me, lesser known players to possibly be getting all star appearances, like a Lamelo Ball, who in the original format, yes, he made the all star game once, but who knows if he would have made it again? Made it again, so it gives somebody like him. Maybe a Janate Murray can sneak in for the East, mm-hmm. something like that. You don't know. Maybe we can get. Maybe Jalen Brunson can finally be an all star. You yeah. like it, it? It like it gives. It gives. <laughs> it does give the play. It does give the players more opportunities to see different athletes, but at the same time. You got to add incentives to it, like Johnny said. If you don't add an incentive or incentives, in my opinion, to this All Star game, it's still going to be corny. Because when you look at it, the West, has all the stars. They have all the stars. So you have to give you have to give these players a reason to make the game competitive. Like we said, we're not asking you to go out there and play your heart out like it's Game Seven, of the NBA Finals. We ain't asking for all that. But I've seen, but like Kyrie said, I've seen games at Chris Berkeley's gym, Lethal Shooters gym, Rico mm-hmm. Hines. All, all the the, the Drew League, and all these gyms, the the crossover league, all these. Mind you, Chet everywhere. hurt himself in the Drew League. Chet missed exactly. the whole season because he hurt himself yeah, in the exactly. Drew League. Exactly. I've seen I've seen these same NBA players who are all stars, who are who will be have multiple time, who will be multiple time all star. I see them go harder and that than they'll go in the All Star game. What's the difference? You're playing in front, you're playing in front of people. That's and we want to see entertain the show. I mean, the, I mean the cameras. I mean the cameras. Nobody, nobody don't want to get embarrassed. Now. 
That's true. No, but it, but it's hard. That's though, a part dude. of. Be- but that's a part of basketball. It, just, it happens sometimes. But an all-star caliber player, whatever he does to you, you should be able to dish back out to him. That's right. That's for the 90s and early 2000s. I think the 2010s kind of kind of lost that little bit. Yeah, it's, it's all money there. ball now, bro. It's all it's money ball. ball. Yeah. 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 I, I think that along with having each each team play for a charity they're choosing, I feel like each player should also play – for the charity of the choosing. I, maybe if you give an incentive where whoever's at, the MVP of the All-Star game, they get such just the needs of this charity, it might make players go a little it might make players be a little bit more competitive. Maybe. I'm just saying, you got to think of something to, you got to think of something to make the game competitive because you don't want this format to be lazy because they're either you got to end up changing the format again. And do you really want to do that? And if you end up doing that, what you going to change the format to? Back to the format where it was, it was already with the team captains? It's it's time for whoever's in charge of like formatting the All Star game. It's time for them to really think outside the box. They and they really need to start now because, like Harvey said, All Star Weekend. It used to there was once a time where All Star Weekend was a fun event to watch. Yeah. Over the years, just it, over the years, it just seems like less and less we don't want to watch anymore. Like the last great All Star Weekend that I saw was 2016, and that All Star game was the All Star game was not good. Trust me, it was not good. But the weekend itself was fun. I just wanted to be, have to be a fun weekend. I think that That's was Kobe's last year. I think I think it was toward fun, fun toward the end. That was the Zach Levine and Eric Gordon dunk contest, right? Yeah, no, yes. I think yeah, that was. They yes, went back to back, 2015, yep. 2016, back to back. Yes, sir. The dunk contest hasn't been great since. Hasn't been great since. Man, but you know what? With that being said, that concludes episode 137 of the Strict Zone podcast, man. This was a hell of an episode. I want to give an individual shout-out to all the co-hosts, Johnny, Chris, Mark, Kyrie. You guys are phenomenal. Hopefully the fans enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording this episode. 151 subscribers. You know, you guys pushed us to help us get to there, man. We appreciate it. All the love and support. Just leave a like, subscribe, and comment so you can be in tune with all the latest episodes. Be on the lookout for the next uh, volume tape that's going to be out, too, as long as this episode as well. Um, and, you know, check us out on all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, you name it, Podbean, we're on it. Uh, you don't got to pay a dime. We're free. So check us out. We love the support. Appreciate it. We're going to keep going with this. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Thank you.